technology is for idiots. And it's it's made worse by the fact that idiots can't use it. Wow. Because I'm an idiot and I need technology to work. Well, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. You know that for many years I would uh, join you on a call, oftentimes after I was a little tired from, from working a day job. And I would just sound like I was a meat grinder or was being ground up into meat. And I had no idea why. I just destroyed everything by showing up. You are my little ground up beef boy. <laughs> and it was uh, funny enough. And I'm not someone who, uh, you know, it was okay that I sounded bad because it kind of fits my Charlie Brown karma in some ways as sort of being a defeated, down on its luck failure type. But you, you're the alpha male of, of our <laughs> relationship. You've got a sound tip top, top, toppity. Top notch. Yeah, it's not happening. Jonathan was on Road Rules Northern Trail in 1998. Since then, he has appeared in precisely zero award-winning TV shows, blockbuster movies, or community theater plays. We are here to fix this. We are here to make Jonathan off Road Rules a star. Boston's favorite son will ride again. Jonathan. Yes, Jim. How many gallstones do you think you could eat in a minute? A gall gallstone isn't that a like a deposit of uh, toxins and other materials that build up in in the uh, the tract, one of the urinary tracts, or some kind of? They are fun little pills that the body makes for you to swallow in a contest to see how many gallstones someone could swallow in under a minute. So it's an eating contest, but it's eating human waste in a way. Is it waste? What is that stuff? I'm really hung up on that part of it. For some, the, the rest of it, for some reason. I think you don't have to worry about it. Uh -oh. Like That's the thing. You're not, you, whenever I present you ideas that will definitely make you famous, you always worry about it, and you never approach it from the angle of, maybe I shouldn't worry about it. That's true, because I have to do it, and I'm worried about my future. I'm worried about survival. I'm worried about terrible mistakes. Here's the thing. Here's the way I approach life, okay? Today, as we're talking, it's Friday. 24 hours from now, it will be Saturday. Nothing you do between now and then will change the fact that Saturday is coming. So just swallow the gallstones, because there will always be another day. What if I die? You can't die. People are full of gallstones all the time. You don't see them dying. I think, I don't know if you can die from one. I know it's terribly painful. Oh, it's horrible. Is it? These are kidney stones, right? These are the things the that... Gallstones. Kidney stones are in the kidneys, and gallstones are in the gall. Gallbladder. Yeah, that's right. But still, there's pain... There's, I don't know how life-threatening they are, but they're certainly not life-affirming. They're not life-advancing. Well, they're life-threatening if they're in the gallbladder, but if you're just eating them, then you poo them out later. Yeah! Like I said, 24 hours. Twenty In 24 hours, it's the weekend for us. In 24 hours, you'll have popped them out of your little chungus hole. I don't, I don't feel good about it. I don't know where they came from. I don't know why. Who am I competing? Is this just me alone? I know your problem. I know your problem. What is it? Jonathan, do a shit on me. Do it where everyone can see. Do it and you'll feel very free, oh Johnny. Take a shit on me.
No, I don't. I will, I will <laughs> never. How dare you? How dare you refuse after I just composed a song, a ballad, a love rock ballad, asking politely, I might add, you to take a shit on me, on my, on my head. Do Oh, Johnny, take a shit on me. Take a shit on me. Oh, do it. John, do it. Oh, John, do it. Do it, do it, do it. It's slowly uh, evolving into just a command. And it sounded pretty commanding to start with. It wasn't, hey, will you? It was, do. Yeah. It was, it was something. And yeah, I, I don't ever, I don't even like, I mean, I get in and I get out. When I when I have to use the, the restroom to rest and, and release to get something out, I get it out and then I'm out. Well, then it shouldn't be too much of an issue for you it'll be over quick it'll be you will be there i mean i i look ah oh, jonathan jonathan i am working 24 7 as your publicist raising your profile getting your name out there contacting netflix to get you your netflix special doing this podcast which has elevated your fame by three percent ah I mean... A whole three points. I don't think I, I gained any... I still am down Twitter followers. I might have gained three today, but I'm not sure if I've gotten more. i tell you why that is. Why is that? You ain't taking a little dump on your good friend Jim. <laughs> Just a little one on, on, on my head. <laughs> I, think, I think you will be... You will be famous if we go to Fenway Park in the middle of Boston, right... And I stand there dressed as the Pope and I say, listen to me, I'm the Pope of Boston now. I'm here with Boston's favourite son, Jonathan. He was on Road Rules. You might recognise him from television when he wore a baseball cap backwards on his head to show that he was cool. First of all, he's going to do skateboard tricks and stunts. And then you come on and do all your famous skateboard tricks. I'm terrible at skateboarding. I can. Uh, I don't fall off. But Ollie, mm-mm. spin, attack. No. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can kick without falling off do two your best. or three times. I can kick. Well, there you are. Do the, whatever that is, right? Just like sc- scoot around, go around me in circles on your skateboard tricks, just yelling, hoo-ha! Ho-ha! Skateboard! Al Pacino uh, made that. Like, very much like Al Pacino. You're just like, I'm the Al Pacino of skateboards! Hoo-ha! Devil's advocate! <laughs> I actually, I, I thought of me when I watched Al Pacino a uh, movie late at night where he was a, uh, it was called Danny Collins. Yeah. He's a rich and famous folk singer who finds out that John Lennon tried to be his friend. Oh. But he didn't get the letter, and now he has to reevaluate his life because he's made it big, but for all the wrong reasons. Gotcha. I was like, that's me, kind of. Well, you're going to make it big for all the right reasons. The right reason being that after you've dazzled, after you've drawn the crowd in by skateboarding around the Pope, I'll get on my knees and say, right. Time for the grand finale. You've witnessed skateboarding. You've witnessed top-notch Al Pacino impressions. Go who are like Al Pacino right now, Jonathan. Mooma. There we are. <laughs> Mooma. <laughs> You've witnessed Al Pacino doing skateboard tricks. 
Now Jonathan is going to do a dump on the Pope's head and yell, this is what I think of the Catholic Church. You're going to be the next Sinead O'Connor. You're going to pull down your little pantaloons, right? Get your little bare bum out. I'll go on all fours and I'll look up and I'll go, observe the Pope. That's me. And then you say, observe the one doing a big shit. That's me. And then you just let loose on my head while yelling Catholicism. This is why it is. And then you'll be the next Sinead O'Connor. I heard that tearing up a picture of the Pope made her very popular in the 80s. People, I was surprised that uh, people were so mad about it. It was one of the first times as a relatively young man, I think that was in the 1980s, so I was probably a teenager, that I realized people would get mad about people not liking people that nobody knew. Like, no one who knew the Pope or Sinead O'Connor was mad about it, but they were mad. You know, she didn't shit on him. She didn't pee on him. She didn't spit on him. She just tore tore up the picture. Like, I don't like it. You know, that was it. That was the problem. You just spelled out the issue. She didn't shit on him. You're going to shit and piss and spit. I think that'll make it people... I mean, you're not the actual Pope, yeah, and and you're very willing. Yeah, you're gonna do a massive dump on my hands <laughs> while I'm like, I'm on my hands and knees, going Ferrata Dominus Abalus Abacus, while you do a big old dump, and then you turn around and get your your little tallywhacker out, and you let loose. What? You let loose some feculence from the end of your ding dong, and you go, "This is what I think of all religions." Because that was another thing that Sinead O'Connor did wrong in the 80s. She only went after the Pope. You're going to go after everyone. All the religions. If you believe in any sort of God, I piss in your face like I'm pissing in the Pope's face. And I'm all Veritas Dominus Verizon Home Network. I mean, this would get us killed, not by... And then we kiss. Wow. Yeah, you get on your knees, I get on your knees, and then we just, like, make out violently. In the middle of Fenway Park with me dressed as the Pope and you dressed as little Jack Spratt. I mean, we have a situation where politicians are getting, you know, death threats. They're getting banned from going to certain countries by just saying, like, opinions about other countries or, or specific people with some religious affiliation in some way. They're getting called anti-Semitic for saying one thing about one person of one faith. If we shit and piss and kiss in the name of hate of all religions in Fenway Park, we might survive the week. We may, we may not. There's people that will, will fantasize about murdering us every day for, for, for until we're dead. Nah. If we do that. They really hate it when you nah. say anything bad about religion. Probably not. They, they think, and not only that, they think that... They were empowered. They think, well, God is also mad. Well, here's the thing, right? What if I'm dressed as the Pope, you're dressed as Jesus Christ? Oh. <laughs> that way, it's like religion taking a shit on religion, and they can't get mad at that. That's just self-deprecation and self-defecation. Oh, oh, they would be mad about it because they would be taking it as me saying Jesus is the kind of guy who would shit on a Pope. He might. <laughs> Who knows? Really they're very, they're very serious Look, about. I've read the Bible. I saw how angry Jesus got when he saw people being rich. He was like, "Oi, you rich fuck! 
I'm going to smash everything up. He takes one look at the Vatican and he says, why isn't this gold? Buying cornflakes for orphans. What the fuck are you playing at, Pope? Smelt this down. You smelt this, you sell it off, you get cornflakes, you give it to orphans, Pope. Sort your fucking life out, you dunce. There was a Pope then? I'm not, I'm not, an, I'm not. I'm just saying if Jesus was alive right now, he'd be like, right, you're supposed to be the cool Pope, are you? Right, well, you're still a prick. Look at your fine clothes, wear hemp and undershirts. And give those clothes to some orphans so they can eat their cornflakes off it. I've heard there is a lot of a lot of gold in the Vatican. I've heard that. So much gold. Enough to buy all the cornflakes in the world to feed every last orphan, Jonathan. Jeff Bezos, too. He could he could do it. He could feed them. Jeff Bezos, right, mm. could buy a variety pack of cereal. Not just cornflakes. He'd go for the Frosties as well, Jonathan. <laughs> Jeff Bezos could get them Frosties. He could buy a bag of Frosties for every single person in the world. And you're thinking Frosties come in boxes. When you're as rich as Jeff Bezos, you can get them in bags. Your testicles went up into your, to your body when you thought about the Frosties. I, they do ascend. The more I think about George Bezos, the more my testicles ascend into my body. Yeah, it's something about him. This makes one's... Uh... One's body change shape a little bit. You know what? What's that? I just got to thinking. Great. We could make you famous. We could make you rich. Or you could just pretend you are already a billionaire. And then people will just take it on faith. Uh, you can fake it to make it when it comes to that sort of thing. I, uh, others have. There's some lady, I can't remember her name. But she just said, I've got the science. I've got the technology to do blood testing that'll save lives. And she got tons of backing. I think particularly from uh, right-wing Republicans for whatever reason. And then later it was revealed that she just didn't have any of the science. Yeah, you didn't just say it. Yeah, you just announce you've got it. If there's one thing I've learned in America, you can just say, oh, I'm the president now, and, and people will just let it happen. You know about Emperor Norton the first? I know about the childlike empress from NeverEnding Story. I think I told you about Emperor Norton the first like eight years ago, so I don't blame you for not remembering. But there was a guy, I think in the, uh, the South, around the time of the Civil War. I can't remember if it was before or after. But he just announced, I am the Emperor of the United States, Emperor Norton I, and he had his own uh, coins and stuff minted with his face on it. And people actually used his money as uh, currency. We can do that. Yeah, I think the wild man of Borneo was one of his, like, in his, in his uh, cabinet. He was just a guy who was like, you can punch me in the gut as many times as you want, as long as you give me $5. No, sure. He, he made... $25 a day or something like that, which was a lot. But he, it worked. It worked once is what I'm saying. Why, why, am I, why am I saying that? I don't want to do any of that, though. Like, not me. I'm just saying your, your idea is good for someone else. Definitely, yes. I'm just saying, right? I'm just saying that if we... <laughs> if we put you in a suit and I squirted ketchup all over that suit, right? Then I took handfuls of bees and I flung them at you. And you walked around town saying, look at me, I'm the famous billionaire Jeff B. Sauce. I reckon people would like that. I'm Emperor B. Sauce. And I'm here to put the sting in it for, for, for today. I'm here to put a sting near it today. It would definitely 
make a headline. I think it would make local news and I would gain some attention. But fame and attention, they're not, they're not exactly the same as I've, as I've learned over the years. It's not a sustainable, I mean, I have to deliver something that people want in order to maintain any sort of uh, true fame, I think. You think people don't want to see you wearing a ketchup bee suit? <laughs> not, not me wearing a bee suit, but with bees on my suit. Because here's what you're worried about. Here, let me try and explain this in a way that will make it sound appealing to you, right? Okay. The bees will stick to the ketchup. That's not the, the the part I wasn't sure about wasn't are the bees going to stick to the ketchup or not? I was thinking it is a a performance art style one off gag that I think that twenty thirty people will love and and even remember, but the large majority of people will be like, "What's in it for me? You did that. I got nothing now." because of it. So give me something or else I don't care about you. That's what happens. I mean, you've you've accurately described this podcast <laughs> as a one-off performance thing going on far too long that <laughs> offers nothing to the end user. That said, I got two direct messages, I think just today, saying thank you so much for doing this show. I, it means so much to me. It's the highlight of my week. I'm listening to it right now. It's making me laugh, they said. And they're thanking me. I have very little to do with any of the parts that are um, interesting or, or funny. So the fact that they're thanking me once, it's like a thousand thank yous to you. Per, per thank you I get equals actual thank yous to you by 1,000. What if we put boxing gloves on you? First of all, obviously, we take all your clothes off, um, except for some tighty-whitey pantaloons that are dirty. There's some tighty-whitey Y-front pants, right? With, like, piss stains on the front and a little bit of brown and red on the back, right? What? Brown and red? Yeah. Like, I pooped blood? <laughs> brown and red. The two, the two colours, right? <laughs> you wore military boots, boxing gloves with scrapping... <laughs> With scrappings from porno mags glued all over them. Wow. Or like, you know, boobs and bushes and all that. Um, we write on your chest in lipstick, fuck off shitter. We cover you in cobwebs, like spider's webs. And then you run around screaming at people. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that I become a new member of the Wyatt family or, or something, but... So this is, again, just me in the world. No announcement, no pretense that it is in any way a performance to be enjoyed by anyone else. It is simply me existing in the world as a major threat. Just a huge red flag of a, a danger. Just a problem. Just being a problem. It's to serve a purpose. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what... Here's what you do, right? You go out and for the next six hours, you run around town screaming at people, especially like young children and the elderly. You just run up to them and you go, Ah! <laughs> fuck off, shitter! And then you like menace them with the boxing gloves. You just sort of like... Like, like you, you make to hit them 
And then if they flinch, you go, ah, you thought I was going to punch her, you idiot. Put him up. Put him up. Like the cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you go, put him up. So, so going from <laughs> apparent PCP maniac, like violent drug user. I never said PCP, but if it'll help you get through the day. It certainly sounds as though, I mean, I don't know a lot of people on PCP right now, but I've heard of that sort of thing after the use of that drug. And then to like a vaudevillian goofball. It's like, yeah, put up your jokes. Just <laughs> totally, totally unthreatening idiot. Like from I will, you will die in the next five to ten seconds to like, yeah, what's some sauce? Yeah, yeah exactly. enjoy those ketchup. And then to seal the deal, to really hammer the point home, you turn around, bend over, point at your stains on your pants and say, oh, look at my brown. <laughs> and then you run off and find someone wow. else to do the whole routine to again for the next six hours. I would be out there for 15 minutes tops. I mean, I don't know how long it takes police to get. Sounds lazy. I, I, I would try. Without <laughs> a lack of... Effort. I would be arrested. This is no, you won't. Uh, it's public nuisance. It's a considered assault, I guess, just to threaten someone. I think that's an assault. You're not threatening anyone. Put them up. That's an that's an invite. That is an invite to fisticuffs. That's not an assault or a threat. You're telling them to put them up. You're not saying I'm going to put them up. You. So, so because I am not explicitly announcing I'm going to insert my body into another person's body. No, you you want them to insert their body into you. Like you find like an elderly couple, and you run up to them, and then you bend over and you go, "Put them up, put them up right there." <laughs> so, so when I say put them up, I'm I'm asking to be penetrated. You want to be fisted? Wow, I did not know that. I didn't see that coming either. I, I I have a related fact, I guess, according to some underwear maker, men are 2.5% two 2.5 times more likely to wear the same underwear for a week or more without changing it. So there's a lot of people with um with stains on their underwear underneath their pants. Yeah, I mean I'm, we will have an inexhaustible supply. I'm going to get fans to send their dirty aunties in for you to wear. So I don't dirty my own underwear. I'm wearing other people's dirty underwear. Yes, which is cleaner. So it's kind of a... What was her name? Delphine? What was that woman who was selling her bathwater? Oh, Belle Delphine. Belle Delphine in reverse. Instead of selling my contaminated waters, I'm wearing the contaminated undergarments of my fans. Can you even say fans? Yeah. Like, like some... Some people sell their dirty underwear online for money to people that like that sort of thing. I didn't know that. You are going to you're going to disrupt the business model by buying other people's dirty underwear. I'm buying it. I'm not just getting it. I'm not just not. Yeah. You'll be like those hacks. Those hacks on the internet are selling their underwear for money. Not me. I'm disrupting the business model. I'll buy your underwear. I'm like Bitcoin, but for dirty knickers. But I'm, but I'm just losing my own money and I'm gaining dirty underwear. I'm not, there's no profit unless I'm reselling it again for more. I mean, I'm not, is there a value add in there that I'm, what's going on here? 
Anyway, the point is, is this is all advertising a circus. A circus? Yeah. After you've run around in town six hours menacing people with boxing gloves with porn tape to the hole outside of them, you go back to your house and then you say, announcing Jonathan Ruck, Johnny Rugrats, please believe me, circus. (laughs) So I'm desperate. In the title of the circus is already an understanding that people don't take me seriously. They think... They think I'm wrong, and I des- desperately want to be treated like I have some value, like I'm valid in some way. The time has come for you, Jonathan, to run a circus, uh, and it's going to take place in your house. Oh, It's going to take place in your house. You're going to be the ringleader, Jonathan Rugrat, and you're the host, MC, compere of the Please Believe Me Circus. That's what I'm doing outside your house for like a day to attract people into your home. I'll have kicked your door open. I'll have made sure that the locks are busted just so that everyone knows it's, you know, entry for all ages. Ah, they'll be, they'll be, I have a couple of upstairs neighbors. I live on the bottom floor. They will be quite frightened. There's a lot of children in my neighborhood, I would say. But then they're going to love the circus, aren't they? They're they're very dangerous children and they put themselves in danger all the time. They just run in the street with lacrosse sticks and uh, baseball bats yelling. I want to say they're like eight or nine years old. I'm always afraid that one of them's going to die and and or that somehow I will be responsible. Like when I back out of my driveway, I'm sure any second I'm going to hear a crunch because one of those kids just like decided to run under my wheels or whatever, let alone opening my doors to these children. Well, I mean, and they try to get in my house. I can't remember if I told you this. They just show up on my porch and are like, got any toys? <laughs> got any fun? Got any pizza? <laughs> like, what? I don't know. I don't even... You know how quickly this can go poorly for me, child, if you enter my home and your parents are like, why did you put my kid in your house? It's not got good. Got any pizzas? All they get. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? If you didn't have a door on the front of your house, they wouldn't keep trying to get in. They'd have already gotten in there, eaten the pizza and gone on their way. I don't even have any pizza. I don't know where they get these. Well, get some in. Look, if there's one thing I know about kids, right? It's if you give in and deliver to them whatever it is they want, they'll be satisfied with that and they'll move on. Wow. that's So <laughs> what you do is you say, hey, kids, I've removed the door to my house and I'm ordering pizza pretty much round the clock. Come on in, grab a slice, bring your baseball bats, make some noise. We could turn your house, right? I'll leave the circus thing. We could turn your house, right, into the world's best house for children to eat pizza in <laughs> what what are, what are the what are the standards uh, other than it, it's a house and it has pizza jonathan's please believe me pizza parlor for, for tots is free pizza for yep. anyone who comes into the house yep and you've got to order pizza from pizza hut domino's papa john's and fat fuckers <laughs> pizzeria <laughs> Just because lots of kids are going to have lots of different tastes. They're going to have preferences. Kids with baseball bats get in free. Kids without baseball get bats get in free. So I'm probably spending, I don't know, $30 an hour on, on pizza. I mean, kids at least don't <laughs> eat a lot of pizza, but I'm, I'm losing 
$30 an hour, which is more than a lot of people get paid. You got to spend money to make money. That's so, so, and I will get known. Exactly. As that, as that man who wants children in his house for, for free. I won't be known as uh, anyone good or smart or, or not scary. Are you kidding? I'll be the, the terror of the town for certain. Johnny Rugrat. Johnny Rugrat of the Please Believe Me Pizza Parlor. <laughs> the fact that I call myself like, that I want to be known as like a toddler or a toddler-ish. Like, don't think of me as a grown man. Think of me as a little rug rat. Just <laughs> nobody's going to, nobody's going to get hurt by me. It's definitely, definitely insidious. It's creepy. It's, it's, uh. You're Definitely makes stop. people feel like there's something secret we'll going on, something bad. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> That'll really cause. We're gonna put you in a romper suit with a bonnet on and a giant pacifier. That's there's fetishes around that. The, the Maury Povich I know, show, which means we'll get it all in your size. Yeah, that's true. They do make those. Yeah, you'll be in a big blue romper suit with a loudspeaker, and every now and then you'll take the pacifier out your mouth and you'll put the loudspeaker to your gob, and you'll go, "Hey, everyone, it's Johnny Rockrad. I'm just like you. Please believe me. Eat free pizza. Bring your baseball bat." <laughs> they are gonna be so sure. That there are roofies or razor blades or both in that pizza. They're gonna. There's no, no faith at all that any of this is safe. You tell me that those kids come to your house and are like, "Hey, you got any pizza?" I don't think they're smart enough to to even consider that free pizza's a problem. You're gonna be shocked to hear this, but I give off a real like passive. I'm going to tolerate this vibe, but none of the, like, please come over my house and eat pizza vibe. So that's, to certain mischievous children, this is like a real target. I'm a real uh, mark, they call it. Like, we can go on his porch and demand toys, and we're going to get away with it. He's not going to yell at us. They know I'm soft, basically. So so if if I was, like, inviting them in, then they would get creeped out. Well, here's the here's the thing. This is why this is a can't lose scenario. Either little Johnny Rugrats, please believe me, pizza parlor is a mass success, and all the kids come and love and get their free pizza, and you are given the key to the city and hailed as an international superstar for basically good pizza antics. Or the kids ain't going to trust it, and they'll never come around again, and then they won't bother you. The third option is. They tell their parents, like, that man tried to get us in the house. He was dressed like a, a baby and he had a microphone. He said he was just like me and I'm, I'm scared. I don't, I'm a daddy. Can, 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 can you keep me safe from the monster man down the street? And then the police. And then why don't you have a door? And then why are you dressed like a baby? All the explanations are going to be requested and I'm not, I wouldn't. Well, no, because if the, if the police come round or if any parents come round... And they say, you know, have you been telling kids to come into your house? You'll just go, "Uh uh-oh, I didn't do that. (laughs) I think it was on, I think I was on. Please believe me. That doesn't, it does work. In Looney Tunes cartoons, uh, a character's eyes can suddenly grow like giant and droopy and their mouth gets small and they say, I'm sorry. And then 
all is forgiven. I'll tell you what. No, we're going to sort this out once and for all. We're going to sort this out, right? Once and for all. Okay? Whoa. Yeah. You are a dad. You've just been told by your kid about Johnny Rogrette's Police Believe Me Pizza Parlor. Okay? Wow. You're, I guess, in your little head, you're confused, angry, you want answers, okay? You, as the parent, we'll do role play here. You, as the parent, you're coming round to the Please Believe Me Pizza Parlor. I am you in this scenario. I'm in my romper suit, I got my bonnet, I got my sucker in my mouth, and let's act it out. Let, let's, let's show you how this won't be an issue. So just imagine you're angry. I mean, I would just call the police. I would keep my child indoors. <laughs> And I would call the police with the address. I would want to go nowhere near it. And then Not I'd in today's society. Parents like to sort this stuff out themselves. So role play, you're an angry parent and okay. I'm you. And, and I'll show you how basically by the end of this, you're going to feel like none of this is an issue. All right. Ding dong. Ring the bell. Well, there's no doorbell. The door isn't oh, there. That's I'm, right. I'm just so, on the doorstep. Hello, everybody. Free pizza for you. Please believe me. <laughs> Would I lie? I mean, I, 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 for my day job, I ask other people to role play a lot and they get really uncomfortable. And I'm like, come on, it's no big deal. Just, just see what would happen and don't worry about saying it wrong. And now I'm put in this position where it's very, because I would not, I would not go near that man. I would stay very far away from that porch. I would bring like mace or, or any sort of uh, non-arrestable uh, weapon. I don't want to get arrested. I would. This guy is literally the least safe human being I've ever heard about. Please believe me. Just alone on his porch, just like a baby, saying Not alone. There's probably going to be a lot of pizza delivery people there who are also in and out as quick as they you know get the money and, and run because they don't. Oh, have any sort. is that a meat feast? I like to feast on meat. Please believe me. No one is getting within an arm's length. They're they're scanning for firearms because they're thinking maybe he's going to like trank me and pull me into the home. And then after they see there's no no gun or or, uh, or any sort of firearm, they, they, they don't get within arm's length because they don't want to get stabbed or, or tased. Or, oh, hello. It looks like a grown-up wants to come play. <laughs> hello. I got pizza for you. It's free. Please believe me. Oh, you look like Still a grumpy shellfish. <laughs> you look so, like a grumpy guts. So when a when a when an adult human is talking to you and they won't, they they end their statement but then just start a new one before you can say anything. You know, you're probably gonna get killed because they they don't even see you as as being alive as being real. They just think, I'll just keep going with my new idea. Maybe if I tickle your toes a little bit, oh, you don't like that. Maybe you'll like it if I play with your hair. And you're like, I'm going to die. This is it. This is over. There's no way I'm surviving this one. That's what you think. If, if you stopped for a second so I could be like, sir, why are you talking to my children about pizza? Why are you dressed as a baby? I don't much appreciate your tone. No, no I'm the bad guy. Yeah. 
I don't much appreciate your tone. I'm just Johnny Wugwet, and this is the Please Believe Me Pizza Parlor. Please believe me. There's no way to roll because I'm, there's no... I, I scan my brain for every potential, you know, like in a video game when you have a decision tree between uh, dialogue options. When somebody's, there's no option where I say anything that leads to anything good happening. I'm like... Tell him it's not a pizza parlor. Tell him it's a porch. <laughs> Ask again, why are you dressed as a baby? There's no reason for you to dress as a baby. Why are you talking to my children? You're a grown man. They're they're four or five years old. None of them are going to lead anything good but the, with with Johnny Rugrat. And it's, please believe me, pizza parlor. It's just a real, it's a lose-lose with this guy. You look like you got a shower cranky in your panties. Wow, I know what would make you feel better. Some free pizza. Here, it's hot and cheesy, just like me. Why don't you grab a slice? <laughs> and I, the thing is, I love pizza. Like, part of me would be like, just take the pizza. Just, you don't, don't you're, you're overthinking it. Just eat the man's pizza. But when you said, I've got a sour cranky in my panties... <laughs> That is, there's never a time where that's going to lead to anything good. That's uh, that's always bad. And somebody's looking at your panties and they they call it a sour cr- – what's a sour – is that a big turd or something? What's a sour cranky? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't even <laughs> – Just eat the pizza. Come on. Meet me halfway. Eat the pizza. And I'll keep giving pizza to all the good people at Boston. Please believe me. It's like – it's – it's worse than Pennywise the Clown, for sure. Like, on the, on the scale of... I'll suck your dick. Essentially, if, if the dad doesn't go away, you just say, I'll suck your dick. Just keep, keep letting me do this. I need this for my career. I'll do it right now. On the porch. I'll do it right now on the porch. Wow, so, so disarming desperation, like a true... <laughs> true opening up of my vulnerabilities and just willing to submit to giving oral sex to a stranger is somehow going to make them be like, I'm sorry I gave you a hard time. I understand now. (laughs) This is, you're going through a rough patch. (laughs) That offer, Felicio, in no way leads me to feel you're a more potential threat to my child. I get it. You're a good guy. I'm glad you finally <laughs> see things my way. <laughs> no, I wasn't actually. How about a slice? They all say it's all just so what, <laughs> Why would he want me to eat this pizza? What, what, it, 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 what kind of fetish, what kind of derangement leads someone to just desperately want to watch other people eat their pizza while they're dressed like a baby? I've tried you? being nice. <laughs> oh, no. I tried. I tried meeting you halfway. You really didn't. You offered to give me... I tried making you feel really happy, and you're still here, and you're still asking questions. Uh, This pizza is really fucking hot, (laughs) and it's going into your fucking face. If you don't turn around right now and fuck off. Still doing the cute baby voice. Did serious adult voice when it was like... How's that for an offer? Get the fuck... Off of my property, you piece of shit. Wow. I was picturing a... Uh... One way or another, mm. you'll become famous off the back of this. Oh, I forgot that was the whole premise. <laughs> I was just deep in the world of what I would do if I had to face this man. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it could be adapted into a horror movie. Like, a, there, there's a new show on the CW. I think it's called Two Sentence Horror Stories, where it's just two sentences. Well, that was stolen from Reddit. Was it? Shows what I know about the internet. Yeah, those years ago, they used to do, like, two sentence horror stories. Like, you know, one day there was a skeleton. The skeleton danced a scary dance. <laughs> the end. Well, yeah, they, uh, they're running with it. And it's not that good. It had potential to be good. The two sentences. No, because they've just stolen something from the internet and repurposed it, probably without thinking. It usually doesn't lead to good things. But this could be a two-sentence horror story. Yeah. A man dressed as a baby tried to get me to eat his pizza. Then he threatened to give me oral sex and or melt me with pizza. Is that scary? It seems a little scary. I'll think about it, but... Uh... Here's one. I'm just going to go on Reddit. <laughs> Reddit, two-sentence horror. This is some content. Here's one. Yeah? This is the first one up on the page. My daughter's unblinking gaze was off-putting as she stared up at me. I put the lid back on the pot and left her to simmer. Whoa. That is unsettling. That worked. I felt it. He killed it. He, ki- he cooked his kid. It's a bad person does that. Scary. Yeah. I don't know if they're, maybe they're crediting the Redditors. There's something in my eye and it's driving me crazy. Never mind, it just crawled out. Oh, that's, that's, that's fun. I'm glad it's out. Yeah, that's, that's spooky. <sighs> spooky good times. I could try to write some of those and get it. My mother said I was her most precious treasure. Now I'm being sold off to the highest bidder. That does sound like something that would happen in the show for sure. Yeah. Sounds related to this premise so yeah next week we'll do two sentence horror stories oh it'll frighten me so much jonathan i'll be so scared really you you seem pretty hard to frighten by uh those sorts of things you seem attracted i actually am hard to frighten or easy to frighten i'm i don't scare easy with stories and tv shows and movies and stuff Mm. i think it's because my um my multiple anxieties put me in a perpetual state of fear pretty much 24-7, Jonathan. That's exactly what I was going to say. Real life. Your life is a real uh, edge of the knife, like Meatloaf said. You're running like My life is a horror movie. (laughs) It's the real horror. (laughs) So when you see someone else be like, wouldn't it be scary if you had some problems? You're like, yeah, it would be at least an expression of my daily horror, but it wouldn't be that much worse. Basically... Ghosts on top of everything else is literally just that. It's just, oh, now there are ghosts as well. Fine. That's what it'd be like if I had ghosts to deal with. Yeah. Join the pile. Join the pile. And and we've talked about how ghosts, like, if there are ghosts and they kill you, then you'll be a ghost, and that's probably not that bad. The ghosts who killed you didn't seem like they were having that bad of a time. They might hmm. be creaking a little bit, but... You ever seen Paranormal Activity? He seems like he's having a right laugh. Yeah, exactly. Kicking doors about, stamping in flour on the floor to make footprints. You ever watch something like Paranormal Activity? And if you watch like bedsheets getting pulled and doors being opened, just in your mind, visualize the invisible monster doing that. And I can only imagine like a weird little goblin type thing going, because everything that happens in Paranormal Activity is so petty. I've never seen it. I saw the commercials and I was not impressed. I got that it did suspension of disbelief in a way that worked for people in a post-Blair Witch horror 
uh, atmosphere, a horror landscape, but it didn't seem like anything actually scary happened. I didn't relate with any of the characters or care about them from what I could tell. It was just like, we bought a new house. Oh no, I hate this house. And then they die. It's not that good. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm doing it a disservice. I apologize if there's any fans of the series out there that feel like I'm being overly dismissive. I like them. Are they good? It's, it's easy for people to knock them. They're not good, but I do enjoy them. <laughs> they made a third Blair Witch. I guess it was not that bad. And it was similar to Paranormal Activity in that there's actual, like, stuff you see that's bad that'll get you. That last Blair Witch film was the worst thing in the world. Is it bad? I haven't seen it. It was fucking atrocious, mate. I still like the first one. I watched it the other day. Yeah, I like the first one, too. I still like it. I saw it in the movie theater when it first came out. So did I, in Boston, Mass, of all places. Yeah, that one creeps me out. Second one, I saw parts of, they're, like, horny and confused and, like, maybe... I respect the second one. It's a bad film, but I respect it. Hmm. There's no respect for the next one. Yeah. So the third one is worse than the second one, though. Oh, the third one's The Pits, mate. Wow. They got Blair Witch Game coming out into the month. Oh, that's right. Bloober Team. Working on that. Yeah. I'm, and no offense to any Bloober Team fans or, or members, if you're a member of the Bloober Team. I'm shocked the Bloober Team is still running. You look at their list of games, very few of them sold super well. Not a lot of critical acclaim for Bloober Team, yet they're getting the Blair Witch. What if we put a pointy hat on your head? Uh-huh. A long, warty nose, right? And you ran around in the woods sneaking up on hikers and campers and then you yell you yell hit me with a whip daddy and then i'll fuck you in the ass and we called it the blair switch project that would definitely i mean a lot of your ideas would work as as um porn parodies and people do enjoy a good porn parody i think they're more popular than ever actually i don't know if they're profitable though because porn on the internet i heard a rumor that a famous pornographic uh performer I think her name is Mia Khalifa or Tia Khalifa. I'm not sure. I think Mia Khalifa is someone else. Do you do you think? Are you thinking of Mia Malkova? No, no. I don't think so. She was so. What she was famous for was she wore a hijab because she's from a, a Middle Eastern country, so it's a Middle Eastern name. Oh, okay. And was like, "Have sex with me while I'm wearing this, sir." And people were like, "Ah, oh, that's so scandalous." She's really sticking it to to Muslim countries, and there's so much. Uh, Islamophobia in the United States that people are like, what if I had sex with a Muslim? That would be facing my fears, you know? So it was very popular. And she only got $12,000 for like a whole porn career that lasted a few years. So my point is it's not as profitable as maybe it once was for folks. I think that's why you sell your bathwater on the side. She made so much money. I just read about that. It, it actually worked. I didn't get to the profit part, but the uh, Belle Delphine bathwater thing actually was a thousand she's a thousand air at least hey, she's uh she's a marketing genius i guess so i wonder if she has somebody helping uh her make those decisions or whether it's all well, pure pure belle delphine thinking i can't imagine an experienced marketing agent who's just like hey <laughs> hey i'm gonna make your whole career you're gonna pull hentai faces on instagram and then you're gonna sell your bathwater I think they th they think of things a bit more traditionally. I think they'd just be like, "Hey, do do something like the Avengers." I think that's where they're they're thinking more like that. Like Deadpool's popular. Be a superhero and make swearwords. 
They're not thinking, pull heads, eye faces, and sell your dirty water. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. Just because if I were her, I would never think I should do that. So, but other people might tell me to do that if you get, go, get where I'm going with this. So not necessarily like a traditional marketer, but like a friend or an over, overly enthusiastic acquaintance or something. But yeah, who knows? It's hard to say. It's weird uh, that we would talk about marketing because, and I can barely remember it now, but I've been getting more requests to do GameCube commercial pitches to you. Oh, you want to sell me a GameCube? I had an idea for one last week. I drank way too much coffee. Sell me a GameCube. I'm not sure if I can remember this idea. All right, but I'm folks, gonna... to, just to explain to the listeners, um, a GameCube is a brand new video game console from Nintendo, the company most famously known for making the Nintendo. And the GameCube is like a Nintendo, but new. And Jonathan, he's always trying to get me to buy the GameCube. And I'm like, ah, maybe I will. Ah, maybe I will. It's and he's like, favorites. right, let me yeah. sell it to you with this great commercial. So, Jonathan, yeah, sell me a GameCube. I'm going to do my best to remember this. It's through like a caffeine-fueled haze from like last week. Mm -hmm. But this is what I sort of remember. Close up of a worm, a real worm that'll have to be CGI because of what we have planned. Okay. Uh, but it'll look totally real. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, taking dirt into its opening and expelling dirt through its uh, anus. That's a worm, it's worm does. anus. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's going, I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my life. And then you hear an announcer say, like, <laughs> this worm's having a pretty tough day. He needs something special to happen to spice things up. I hate my life. And then it zooms out and you see that the worm was actually inside of celebrity uh, heiress Paris Hilton, or heiress to the Hilton fortune. So nothing special's happened to this little guy. He lives inside Paris Hilton. And, and, and she goes, just so I can clarify, <clears throat> the worm is eating dirt and excreting dirt. Yeah. Am I to believe that Paris Hilton is hollow inside and is just full of earth? <laughs> <laughs> I remember this making sense at the time, but you make a strong point. I don't. I'm... I love the idea of it. I'm, I'm already tempted <laughs> by a GameCube just on the basis of the idea that Paris Hilton is full from head to toe with earth that a lone worm has to till. Well, I'm worried. I'm worried this is going to ruin it because now that I'm, I'm saying it out loud, I'm remembering that she's dead. Oh, God. So she's dead and the worms are eating Paris Hilton. So it zooms out and she's like been dead for a little while, but not that long. So she's like a little bit skinnier, a little bit more skeletal, but not not like a, a skeleton, yeah. But and she, she's already quite thin, so it's it's like just a, a twist on it. And then all of a sudden, um, just the the voice of God says, "Paris Hilton, children are suffering. They need your love. Rise up!" And then her hand like busts through the the coffin and bust through the earth and it's like yeah Paris Hilton's back she's gonna save us and then the first shot after that and then now now the the music's playing like whoa, 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 whoa. she just rips out a guy's throat whoa 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 then like stuffs her hands inside a guy's gut and just pulls because she's a zombie you know she's oh, yeah, fine. yeah yeah she just pulls it all out whoa, 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 whoa. and the family screams because she's just in the living room. And then she her jaw opens up like in the stuff. 
and all these worms just fly out of her stu- uh, her face, fly out of her mouth, and mm-hmm. splattering all over the walls, splattering all over the floor, splattering all over the family. And then the worms come together and form, you guessed it, a little cube on the ground. And it hooks up to the TV, <laughs> and the TV flickers and click, click. Do, 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 do. Now on Nintendo GameCube, Animal Crossing. Always wanted to live the good life like Paris Hilton? <laughs> yeah, you can. At least it's, it's very much like it. Because you buy clothes and you make money in a very easy way without having to work. Do, 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 do. Buy GameCube. So it all comes, comes back around. Jonathan, you've sold me. Really? You want to you wanna be a part of that? After that barnstormer of a commercial, I want in on this GameCube craze. That was brilliant. It's made of worms, though. It's 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 just a big pile of worms. It's made of Paris Hilton worms, the most exquisite and succulent of the worms. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know why I thought of it. I was just trying to think what's marketable. Zombies, Paris Hilton, um, God. Animal Crossing. Back, back from the dead, Animal Crossing, very popular. Worms. <laughs> And it's a w- animal, the worm, so I don't know. The worm is an animal. There, there should be worms in Animal Crossing. Why don't they be like big worms with hats? That's a really good point. They've got octopus. Just going... Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff in Animal Crossing that doesn't add up to me. You can talk to a bird and you can also own a pet bird, which is weird. I pitched a game on Twitter the other day. I saw that. Animal tossing. Animal tossing. That's my idea. Please, for the people who didn't see it, please explain. My idea of animal tossing is it's a life life sim, like Animal Crossing. You go around, you like have chats with animals, you give them presents and stuff. And the idea is, is you befriend them enough for them to trust you into allowing you to fling them into the ocean off of a trebuchet. Because the new Animal Crossing takes place on a, on an island, is my understanding. It's not out yet, but that's the that's the way it's been pitched. So it's perfect, It'd be a perfect tie-in. I it's my dream to be flung into the sea off a trebuchet, but it needs to be someone I trust. You're a good friend. Do it. So so they so because in a lot of video games you're mean to non-player characters, but these animals they trust you and want you to do it because they enjoy it. It's a great honor. It's a great honor to fling an animal into the sea off a trebuchet. It's an honor for the animal. They're like, thank you. It's an honor for the flinger as well. Like it's, oh. it's, it's, it's a thrill that every animal wants in its heart is to soar through the air gracefully from a trebuchet into the sea. And, you know, you can sell fruit and buy stickers to put on your trebuchet. For people who don't know trebuchet, I don't think that's a, a, a North American term. It's like a catapult, kind of, right? It's kind of catapult, yeah. Yeah. So, so if it's a great honor, why? Where's the challenge? Don't they just run up to you and say, like, fling me, put me in there? No, because they they'll be like, oh, I really want to be flung into the sea, but I just don't know if you could do it. And then it's like, oh, you've given me like fifteen apples. Brilliant! I'm jumping in. Sounds almost like a dating sim, a little bit. Yeah, except instead of like boinking them at the end. You throw them into the the briny depths. And do they come back? Do they like swim to shore and say like... Oh, you never see them again. They go under the water and they do not come back. But you assume there must be something good down there because otherwise they would swim back. Sure. It's a bit like Innsmouth in that way. It takes place in Innsmouth. So they're they're probably dead. Every now and then, like, like half human, half fish monsters crawl out of the sea and terrorize the beaches. That sort of happens in Splatoon 2, another Nintendo video game. 
Yeah, basically, Shadow over Innsmouth and Splatoon Two are the exact same thing. Was that uh, was that Lovecraft Shadow over Innsmouth? Yeah, it was, it was. Lovecraft. Yes, yeah, Splatoon Two was Lovecraft. <laughs> Nintendo published the Shadow over Innsmouth, and HP Lovecraft wrote Splatoon Two. Everyone knows it. <laughs> it's uh, it could be racist then, because I've heard Lovecraft was uh, a racist. Oh, he was a dirty racialist. Yeah, I've read I've read his works. I'll tell you what, right, racism. He loved that. Couldn't get enough of it. One of his short stories is called Racism. Can't get enough of it. (laughs) And it got published, too, because this was in the (laughs) 1900s or whatever. Oh, yeah, it was popular back then. Back in the 1900s, racism was almost as popular as it is in America today. (laughs) That, folks, is satire. You did it. Boom. After that award-winning satire, do you feel more famous? (sighs) Yeah, I know we should close off. And I, I don't feel more famous, but I can I I've been meaning to express this somewhere that people would pay attention to it. Maybe yeah, this is it. the place. Have you seen Reanimator, the movie based on H.P. Lovecraft's uh, fiction? Very loosely based. I have seen it. I enjoy it. It's got old uh, Jeffrey Coombs in it. Such a good actor. Uh, He's brilliant. The theme song is the exact same theme song as Psycho's theme song by uh, Herman. I can't remember his first name. The, uh, the guy who did all of Hitchcock's movies. Enya. It's like the exact same theme song. And it really, I can't believe they did it. Like the fact that the guy, I can't remember his name. I'm sure he's a great composer. He's probably just told like, uh, give us something like Psycho. He just wrote the exact same song, except it's got synth. And uh, one or two notes is different. It's way worse, way worse than Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and what he did with Under Pressure. Like, it's intensely plagiaristic. So what you're saying is we should, like, go after Reanimator. <laughs> I kind of do. And just go after it. Even though I really like that movie. It's a great I, I still want to, like, hurt it somehow. Because <laughs> I'm mad about what they did that one time. Even uh, Here's the thing, though. Yeah? Psycho did all right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's not like Psycho I don't think Psycho's saying... hurt. I don't think Psycho's hurt because Reanimator knocked off its theme tune a bit. And you you have to listen to it though. Anyone I have to re-listen to, this, to please it. Please find those two theme songs on YouTube.com and, and listen for yourself. The resemblance is uncanny. But you you make a strong point. Psycho The Great Reanimator Scandal. <laughs> but your point that they can both peacefully coexist with very similar theme songs is a point well taken. I can't deny it. All right, so sorry, yes, you asked, do I feel more famous? I feel some, somewhat hopeful because you were so fun for me to listen to on this episode that this will be the episode that somehow someone will make an animated clip of it when you were doing those things you were saying and they will do a, a How the Grinch Stole Christmas style facial expression intensity as you changed your voice to like, yeah, get off my fucking lawn or whatever you said. I think that could be the thing that makes this show famous. And therefore, would make me famous. So yeah, I feel I feel hopeful. Okay, that's good. Hope for the future. Why not? Hope and peace and love for all. I love it. All right. Well, that's that then. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't seem impressed with yourself. No, you I'm done. I'm tired now. I basically start <laughs> this podcast full of life, and then I just stop when I want to go to sleep. <laughs> well, thanks for doing it. Ah, bye. Boston's Favorite Son was performed by Jim Sterling, Conrad Zimmerman, and Jonathan Off-Road Rules. Editing and production by Justin McDaniel. 
The intro music is Freak Out by Chainmail. Road Rules Northern Trail was an insipid show that shouldn't have happened. Please believe me!